But I was thinking about that this morning, and I think uh, that's the one thing we have in common with everybody in the world. Like Christian, non-Christian, every religion alike. <laughs> I hope this thing stays up. <laughs> Is that we have hope in common. And that's, and, and we, when you think of that, that, when you have something in common that allows you to go into any setting, into whatever setting, and you can open up a conversation with anybody because we have something in common, and that thing in common is hope. So, with that in mind, you would have thought that I would have picked my songs with the theme of hope in mind, but I didn't. But I passed out some song sheets, so I do hope you all have a song sheet, and that was because I was too lazy to get the songs to Tracy in time. And I think you know all Let's stand and sing Shout to the Northers.
really love Hive's song, huh? Get your voice stretched, ready to go. Feel free to sit if you want. Feel free to stand if you want. Jesus Oh. 
And all the apostles, the leaders of the church, and we see them, you know, doing all the things that they do, but they always have a struggle, especially if you look at Peter, of sitting with people that they thought were sinners. And Jesus didn't have that struggle. He set the example, and he'd be sitting, and people couldn't find him. He'd be talking to some woman at the well from Samaria, and you weren't supposed to do that. And there he was, and the next thing he's sitting, having a meal with, a much, with the, the chief tax collector, yeah. one that everybody hated, knew you weren't supposed to eat with. And so he sets the example. So there you go. Follow okay. Jesus' example. That's my goal. And mm -hmm. not even to follow uh, Brad or Paul or Peter or see how you try to put you right up there with them. Like that, eh? <laughs> Let's do that first verse again. Just
song in here. I don't know if you guys know it. I was planning on just singing it. But if anybody listened to Hocus Pick back in the day, then you know it. I like it because it's uh, the chorus. I'm trying, I'm crying, I'm denying. I want to be a true believer, but I'm giving up. I'm running out. I'm full of doubt. It's okay to admit that.
the songs I picked, unless somebody wants to sing one that I know. Um, let's start the new year off with some prayer. I'll introduce the prayer. You can do the prayer. Um, thinking of that far side comic, I think a, a year ended kind of. I think with a lot of people, especially if you look on Facebook, a lot of people were happy to see 2020 come to an end for some reason. Because 2021, like I said, people are hoping it's going to be better. So I think that could be a prayer. I think it's always my prayer that tomorrow's going to be better. Um, anything we should pray for people? Something that's struggling along? Pray for Lisa Brother Austin. That pastor, Austin. And my, you know, a weird thing happened to me. Uh, an uncle of mine, who I wasn't very close to at all, in fact, when I was motorcycling across Holland and I was soaking wet, I drove for an hour and a half. I got to his place and uh, I was hoping he'd give me a place to sleep for the night, but he didn't. So that's how close I was to this uncle. In any case, he, he passed away just a few uh, weeks ago. He was a comedian in, in Friesland which is the northern part of Holland, but uh, when I got the news of it, I realized I was closer than I thought. And maybe it's just a reminder of my dad, I think. And I, I see the way he acts and the way he talks, and I watched a few videos of his old comedy runs in Friesian, and, and it reminded me of my dad, and it made me kind of sad, so I was in, doing a lot of reflection, so. Um, I don't know what kind of prayer that leads to, but <laughs> figure it out. Anybody else? Pray for Sheila and her family, they still Yeah. I think mourning is something that it's okay for it to yeah. drag on a bit. Yeah. We don't have to snap out of it. No. That young fellow that's missing up towards Yarmouth Way. He's been gone for a few days. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I was very funny this morning, yeah. Please bow your heads for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you now and we lift up our voices in prayer to you. God, we lift up the year 2021. As we said, there was a lot of people who were glad to see 2020 go. God, we lift up 2021 to you and we ask that your blessing be upon it. We ask that you would be with us and watch over us, that you would guide us, and that whatever may come, whatever lies before us, you are with us. God, we lift up to you Carl and Holly, Austin, Jaden, Sheila, Jane, and this missing man. God, we lift them up to you when we pray that you are with them. You know each and every one of the problems that they're facing. We pray for their families that are gathered around them, watching out for them. God, we pray that you are present. It's a common thing for us to ask, but it's one God that we all need more and more. We pray for your presence. 
God, we pray for our memories. As George said, he thought back on some of the things and memory, God, can reveal so much to us. It can open our eyes. It can make us feel a connection. It can bring us back to who we were. They can show us what we've missed. God, help us to see our memories, but not to be ensnared and caught up that we forget what's in front of us. Help us to learn from them, to move forward with them. And God, we pray all these things. We pray for our communities. We pray for our country, our brothers and sisters gathered around the world. We pray for the lost, and we pray for the unspoken prayers, God. We lift these things up to you, and we pray them in your holy name. Amen. without paper on the tablet. I'd like to start off by saying good morning, good morning. and welcome to 2021. Uh, I hope everybody had a good new year or, or had fun celebrating it. I know there was some complications in what you could and couldn't do, where you could and couldn't go. Uh, I know for my family, we had an interesting um, New Year's Eve. Uh, Jennifer came down and she was visiting our family. So we were well within the rules, even though we're a large family. We only had seven people in the home, eight if we include the dog. Um, but we just got a chance to sit down and play some games and watch a, a few movies. Uh, one of the big highlights, we we sat down to play Dutch Blitz. I don't know if any of you have ever played the game. Yeah. Okay. Um, Tracy and Naomi and my mom and my stepdad have certain rules when I play. Example being, I'm only allowed to use one hand. And if I leave the table for something, we can't pause the game, but if they leave, they can pause the game. <laughs> Jennifer and Naomi openly cheated throughout the entire night trying to win. And uh, they, I told Naomi we were going to point this out. Um, I won 188 to 25. So. This is good. That means she's not good at cheating. No. <laughs> Neither of them were. And they're, they're, they're openly cheating, so it was fun to just pick on them. Like, we were joking back and forth. We're all laughing about it. And at one point, I literally put my character down and stopped playing for a little while. And that made Naomi really nervous. But it was a, a good time. So I'm glad that we got to have fun. I hope you guys got to enjoy some time together and uh, get some laughs and um, share some good food. I'd like to say uh, hello to those who are listening to us right now and who are hopefully going to be listening to this later. We should be getting better internet on Tuesday. That's if they don't forget about us again. Pray that they don't. But you know, it's 2021, and that means we have come to a new year. Some of you might have seen that on Facebook. I posted, it's 27 minutes in and no dinosaurs. I was, you know, hoping there'd be dinosaurs. 
But we've come to the time where it means it's a new adventure, it's new opportunities, new experiences. That's, that's generally what we think of in, in, in a new year, isn't it? We talk about resolutions. And some people, it's the same old, same old. They don't want to change things. You've probably heard the old joke about a resolution. If I don't make one, I'm bound to keep it. Or, you know, my resolution is I'm just never going to make another New Year's resolution. Some people don't want to try something new. Some people, it's the idea of starting something new is they want to improve upon something or reconnect to something they've lost. We're talking about resolutions. My resolution is I would like to get in a little bit better shape. I'd like to lose some weight. Tracy and I have a contest against each other right now to see who can get in shape. <laughs> who knows who's going to win? I don't. But some people, they don't want to try for something new. And some people, the reason they don't want to try a new uh, New Year's resolution or, or they're happy where they are is they're nervous of change. Some people have an anxiety to change, and that's completely understandable. That's, I understand it, I accept it, I know what's going on, and I try to be comforting to people when there's something changing that they're not happy with, like when there's an anxiety to change. It's not an easy thing. Some people get very, very concerned by it. But the thing is, it's also, a lot of times, it stems from the idea or the concept that with the start of something new, something old has to die. Something old has to be done, has to be put away. Have you ever experienced that in your life before? That, that feeling? That by starting something new, something old has to stop. I've actually put off finishing books because I knew that when I finished this book, that's it. There's no more in the series. The author didn't write anymore. That's the end of this character. I can't pick it up. I can't continue the adventure with them. See, when I read, I, I have a tendency to feel like I'm there in, in the moment. Somehow I'm a side character going on, going through it. I'm just the guy they forget to put in. And there's moments where that happens. But we're afraid because something old or something new has come, then something old has to be put away. But at the same time, that old changing is the door opening for something greater, something unexpected. For the month of January, we're going to be looking, and that's our focus for, for this first sermon series in the new year, this idea of what's to come, this seven churches in Revelation. You might wonder, how does this fit in? Well, a lot of the times we look at the book of Revelations and we say, that's it, that's the end. And there's people who are nervous about what's to come in Revelation. And I get it, I understand, I sit in that same group, and that was a little ominous light twitch right there. Thank you, God. <laughs> He's got a sense of humor. If you don't believe me, look at the duckbill platypus. But we're looking at the seven churches in Revelations and what they can teach us. Ends and beginnings. See, the story doesn't end there. And I'm really excited about this series, too, because this is a series that Pastor Tracy is really starting to... This is the first one she's ever laid out. We prayed about it. We worked at it. This is something she's fascinated by. So this is her laying out the series and where we're going. So it's a chance for her. So I'm very excited for her. I'm looking forward to it. But we're going to start with understanding those seven churches and what God was trying to tell them and what God is trying to tell us through them. So if you have your Bibles with you, 
I want you to turn to the book of Revelations, chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Revelations 2, 1 to 11. We're going to kick this off with two churches. Revelations 2, 1 to 11. Write this letter to the angel of the church of Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endeavor, endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have not, or you have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from this place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans, just as I do. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Now write this letter to the angel of the church of Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who is dead and is now alive. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you in prison to test you. You will suffer for ten days, but if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Anyone who, with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. And it's important to note, this is two churches. When we read this, this is two churches, two different regions. Two churches, two different settings, right? They're not comparing the two churches together. It's not weighing one against the other. This is two separate letters to two different churches. Sometimes we'll read this and we'll compare the two together and say, see, look at this. And we'll get the, the flow chart out. We'll, we'll run them up and we'll say, look how this is. And there's good and there's bad in doing something like that. But you need to remember, these are two separate churches experiencing two different letters. And it's interesting to think because their situations, when we actually get down to it, are very similar. You may not believe me at first, but I promise you when we go through this, you're going to see that they're very similar in what's going on. We're not comparing them to say that they're the same, but the situation they find themselves in, the writings of the letters, do kind of tie in. 
First, if we look at the church of Ephesus, just looking at verses um, 2 to 3, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You, you have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Some translations say you have, you know, you have not grown weary. You know, that sounds like a church that's going through, uh, coming to some difficulty, doesn't it? It starts right off, and it makes, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I've seen you patiently go through this. I've seen the work that you're putting in. I know what you're doing. Now compare that to what it says about our, uh, Smyrna. I always have trouble saying that name. It's one of those weird ones. Look at 9 and 10. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are, go, are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you in prison to test you, and some of you will suffer for ten or you will suffer for ten days. But if you remain faithful even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. I know the blasphemy being said against you. You know, you've weighed who, who's a liar, who's not, you found it out. These two churches sound like they're going through similar things, or one's gone through this already. It almost reads like you could take the church of Smyrna and they could write a letter to Ephesus and say, hey, you guys have kind of gone through this. How do, we, how do we deal with this? What are we supposed to do, right? Wrong. It sounds like two churches that are almost in the same situation. Until you read the next little bit about Ephesus, or about Ephesus there. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. These two churches sound like they're in a similar situation. But they're not. Some translations, as I said, they say you've not grown weary. It's really easy to not grow weary in race when you change the difficulty. You don't love me or others as you first did. You're not carrying out. You're not back to what it is. It's an interesting situation to find yourself in. From the outside, they look like a great church. When you just read those first two verses there, or when you read verses two to four, or two to three, they sound like a church that has done great things. They've gone through this hardship. They've weighed who is not following God. They've done all of these things. But then God goes, but you're not as you were, you have grown complacent. From the outside, they look great, don't they? Have you ever seen a hamburger ad? Like a picture of a hamburger on a wall for a restaurant or a TV? Mm -hmm. Hamburger looks so good, doesn't it? I'm going to ruin so many people's day right now. <laughs> A lot of time that meat's not even meat. It's latex. A lot of the lettuce is latex. Dyed and painted. 
In fact, there's a documentary on YouTube, and it's really funny because the same paints they use to paint these things are the ones I use on miniatures. And the same tactics they use to paint these things are the ones I use on miniatures. That bread is, a lot of times, actual bread, or it's the same foam I use to make a puppet, and it's painted a certain way, and they will actually add details into that bun, that meat, everything, so that when the light hits it on a certain angle, it pops and it gives a certain thing. It's called light direction. We do it with miniatures. You'll, you'll paint as if you know the light's coming off them this way, so the colors, they flow a certain way. They go through all of these things. As I said, the lettuce is sometimes latex. Sometimes the bread is actual bread, but it's stale, and it's covered with plastidip spray or shellac so it doesn't go. And they will purposely glue on. They'll scrape off all of those sesame seeds and glue on new ones that are perfectly toasted or painted. The meat will be stale, and it's under like six different layers of this stuff so it doesn't rot. You know, the, the, the grease, the juice that looks like it on it, it's an effect agent that you can buy by any company like Vallejo or Citadel Paints or Army Painter. In fact, I have some of it at home. It's the same stuff I would use to make a water effect on a miniature. Sometimes you see mayo, and this was the most disturbing one. Sometimes you see mayo on a burger. It's caulking. Sometimes the ketchup and mustard is literally just craft paints. You really want to bite into that burger now? Looks perfect and wonderful on the outside, doesn't it? It looks like so amazing, so good, so delicious. It's fake. It's not as they originally used to do the ads. Fun, huh? That's what's going on with Ephesus. See, sometimes when we come to God, when we first come to following Jesus, we're all fired up, aren't we? We're ready to go. We, I had a teacher in, in college who, say, who used to say, you know, we're ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I never understood the intelligence of that remark for one simple reason. This is how my mind works. See, I grew up Catholic. Hell is a place that once in, never out. Why would I want to charge through the gates? That sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Go into a land you can't come out, that's a suicide mission. But it sounds good on paper, doesn't it? You're ready to charge the fortification of the enemy. Enemy's not in hell, we covered this, go back, watch, listen over the sermon series. He's, this means war, he's on here, he's prowling around. Really great trick to tell you he's not. See, when we first come to God, we're all fired up, we're ready to go. We're ready to run it, we want to do it. And then, over time, sometimes we get complacent. Maybe we try a ministry and it doesn't work. Maybe we try to fit too much into the world. Maybe we try to be like everyone else. Maybe we get scared because of what we're facing. Look at Smyrna. Says, don't be afraid of what you guys are about to suffer. Have faith. But you notice God doesn't even turn away from Ephesus. He says, no, no, there's some things that can redeem you guys. You despise this group over here, the Nicolaites, the Nicolaitans. They're a group that followed a guy by the name of Nicholas. Nicholas meaning the conqueror. They had some really messed up ideas. 
Some people say, oh, maybe they followed St. Nicholas. Wrong. This is a different time period. doesn't line up. I'm sorry, the name is the same, not the same guy. That's like saying, well, here's Brad and here's Brad Pitt. We're not the same guy. Close. Actually, funny thing, his real name is William Bradley, or William Bradley Pitt. My name is Bradley William Icy. Coincidence? Yes. <laughs> Though my wife does say I'm better looking than Gerard Butler, so there we go. <laughs> That's all that matters to me is what she thinks. We're not the same person, not the same thing. Just because it looks good on the outside now, doesn't make it right. And God doesn't throw the away and say, that's it, you're done. He says, no, no, you can come back from this. Come back to what we were. George talked about memories, you know, I, I felt close to my, I didn't know how close it was to my uncle. Think back of where you were when you first came to God, that fire you had, that passion. Now, last week we talked about the idea of having a gift and using it, take time, use that gift to reconnect with God. How many people actually did that? Thank you. <laughs> I did it yesterday. I sat down and painted some inches. Took time painting it, talking to myself. It's weird how it connects you back to God. You find something where you feel God's presence when you're doing something you love, like a hobby that you feel. Yeah, it's weird. This whole thing is warning you about that. Holly talked about last week she wants to get reconnected with God. There is God right there talking to the church, saying, come back to me. You are not too far gone. Next thing I read that we said the same thing. You are not too far gone. We look at it on the outside, yeah, those first two verses, or those first couple verses, these two churches, like they're going through the same thing, or they've gone through the same thing, one could even turn to the other for advice. When you dig a little deeper, they're like that burger in the ad. You do not want to take a bite of that. So how do we come closer to God? How do we find a way to be closer to God? Well, bear with me here. I may sound muffled for a minute. I had to figure out how to do this. I called some people about it. <laughs> One way to be closer to God is to remember what he's done for us. And there's no greater example of what he's done. I promise nobody is getting a doctor's checkup. <laughs> I can hear it in somebody's mind right now. Run. There's no greater way to be connected to God than to remember the Last Supper. That example of communion. God called all of his disciples together in fellowship, in unity. Some of you are laughing right now. Some of you are very stone-faced right now. I'm willing to bet that in that room was the same thing. So what I'm going to ask you to do is come up, cue by cue, try to maintain, and we're going to have communion. There's a reason why I have to be like this. I even call it the check. So you guys can come up. <clears throat> it's okay. Nothing to be sorry for. There's, there's fellowship right now. You're laughing. I'm fine with that. 
I know you're laughing at me, not with me, but we're okay. Now I can remove that. As Jesus had gathered them together in the upper room, he knew what was going to happen, but they were not aware. Think about that for a moment. They didn't understand what was going to happen, so when we come to the moment where three days later he's resurrected and they're saying that he's alive, and people are saying they stole the body, they didn't seem to act like people who knew that he was alive or anything, did they? They were afraid. Because they didn't know what was coming. But they had every reason. Jesus took the bread while he was gathered with them and he said, This is a symbol of my body that will be broken for you. Every time you gather and do this, do so in remembrance of me and what I have done for you, what I have gone through. Please eat. In the same way, Jesus took the cup and he held it up and he told them, this is a symbol of my blood. My blood that is going to be shed for you. They didn't understand. See, to them, sacrifice, blood sacrifice was something important as an animal. They didn't realize what was coming. But he said, this is my blood that will be shed for you. Every time you gather and you do this, do so in remembrance of me and what I have done. Please drink. Imagine for a moment what was going through their minds. When they saw what he went through after this meal. Imagine how they felt. He had warned them, he had told them everything in a way to come back to him. We enter into 2021 right now, and we take this time, this opportunity to share a communion with one another, to communion with our Lord God, for all he's done. We look at the two churches of Ephesus and Smyrna. One church is going through a hard time, and it is through faith that they are told to cling. The other has gone through a hard time and told the faith, please return.
2021 is about faith. If we've learned anything from 2020, we've learned what is important in our lives are the people that are near us. What's important in our life is faith. Let's carry that over into 2021. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance to come together to worship you, God, and to share in this communion. God, you gave your son to the world and your son gave his life for us and we have no idea to really understand why. You saw something in us, God, that made us worth it. In 2021, God, we pray that you are with us, that you would guide us by faith, that we could stand through, if we could make it through what 2020 was, God, you have shown that you are with us and we can stand through so much more and we can grow. You have planted the seed to regrow a harvest of faith, a harvest of hope, a harvest of joy, a harvest of fellowship with you, God. Help us grow that garden. Help us grow that crop. Let us go from this place to share your message with the world, to share your message with our communities, with our brothers, our sisters, our family, with those we encounter, God. Let every action we take this year be one that is taken in you. God, bless those who are gathered here this day. Bless us, we pray. Bless our brothers and sisters who are gathered around the world. Bless those who are listening. Help us to serve and follow you in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's it. <coughs> 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 huh? Are you shopping? No, I'm only talking.